0: Hey, Lauren, do you want to hear about a good deal? Why, yes, Mason. I would love to. Good, because I have a deal with
1: your name on it. Tell me more! Well, in that case, GoDaddy.com is offering the best deals of a lifetime. For only $3.59 a month for a year, you can get
0: GoDaddy.com's economy package. Amazing! What do I get with the economy package? You
1: get 250 gigs of bandwidth, 5 gigs of storage, and up to 500 email accounts. You can get your website up and running. I can? Yeah. When you check out, enter code Muggle. That's M-U-G-G-L-E. And save 10% on any order. Can you spell that again? Yeah, I can.
2: That's
0: M-U-G-G-L-E. Wow. Do any restrictions apply? Some
1: restrictions apply. See site for details. Get your piece of the internet at GoDaddy.com.
3: This is Professor McGonagall welcoming you all to Mugglecast. Hoping you enjoyed. Dobby, Bobby, be, be, come here. Yeah, Dobby. Yes, sir. Well, I'd just like to say how very pleased I am to introduce Mugglecast to all of you. Thank you. Thank you.
1: Because the Mugglecast studios have officially closed, this is Mugglecast, episode 146, for May 18th. Two thousand and
2: eight. All right, well, we were hoping to make this week our big teaser trailer show because it was widely rumored to be coming out this week. Uh, alongside Prince Caspian, and uh, Matt, you saw that this week, didn't you? Because you were hoping to see the trailer.
4: Well, yeah. Well, didn't everybody else see it?
2: No,
0: nope. no. Nope. Nope.
4: I'm the only one who saw it. In our little group here, yes. Well <sighs> no. yeah. Well, yeah, I did see it, and no, there was no trailer. Oh,
2: right. so it was. Um, we there were rumors circulating saying yeah, it's coming out. It's coming out this Friday. We were waiting all week for an email or some sort of confirmation from Morning Brothers to say, yes, it is coming out. Never got anything. Screwed up our regular recording. And now here we are on a Saturday night. I personally, I had to cancel a lot of, uh, I was invited to a lot of parties as I am every Saturday night. So um, yes, this is a yeah, big I mean, sacrifice. Isn't, isn't well, well, it well, see, for New Jersey well, see, like if,
0: a hotbed of excitement and parties? I mean, just.
2: Yeah, no, I'm the center
4: of every party. So. Well, see, Laura, oh, see. I, if I was a betting man. And if I could predict how many parties Andrew gets invited to every Saturday night, I would say,
2: not. Let's just say it took about an hour to call everyone back and call all my uh, invites back and let them know I couldn't make it. And uh, there what it did your grandma say? <laughs> oh, <laughs> all right. Well, we will discuss. She this. says I'm with Micah tonight. Wow, weird. <laughs> we will be discussing the uh, trailer. Um, The non-existent trailer this week. We'll figure out when it's going to be coming out. We have lots of other news to discuss. We have a whole amazing show planned. I'm so excited to get to it. So uh, let's get started. I'm Andrew Sims.
0: I'm Laura Thompson.
2: I'm Micah Tannebel. And I'm Matthew Britton. Now guys. Not only was there no trailer this week, but um, this the final recording in the uh, Mugglecast Studios. Uh, we've we've told people that we, you know, um, I guess it was probably a good year or so ago. We announced to everyone that we actually installed a well, we got built a airport here, so you guys could fly in every week and record here in the Mugglecast Studios here in the. Uh, sunny medford new jersey but i'm gonna be moving out to california in a few days and uh, this is the last recording here in medford it's kind of sad
0: yeah Aww, it is sad but sad. i mean you've already got construction underway for the new airport in california so
2: that's true yeah, right. yeah uh, mugglecast international uh fullerton california just call it the oc the oc it's called uh the flight code is moc
4: mugglecast mm-hmm. orange county so
2: you can book your flights it's actually we're opening it up you can go on Expedia, type in moc and you can fly out there
4: yeah so. Yeah, we got MuggleCast relations on um on the line twenty four hours a day, so you can call in, toll free number. Right.
2: So it's, so it's kind of sad, and I I don't know. It, it we will do a show next week if the trailer comes out. If it doesn't, we'll probably take the week off because we got to move the MuggleCast studios. You're going to be helping me move it move it out to uh, California. So really,
0: th- oh, you well, know what? I have a thing, and uh, I yeah, I
1: work. I don't I don't think that's gonna that's gonna happen.
4: Thanks, I guys. just don't want to go. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Thanks, guys. Thanks a lot. So, uh, Micah, is there uh, any other news this week? It's it's actually been a pretty busy week. I've been busy posting on MuggleNet.
1: Yep. Com. Uh, yeah. Surprisingly,
2: you're the only one. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> Kieran has been too.
1: Oh been Occasionally. Two.
2: Yeah, like once a year. But go ahead. Well, what's in the news, Micah? What's in the news? Well,
1: you mentioned we don't have a trailer. So, uh, what do you guys think as far as movies that are coming out in the next couple of weeks? When are we going to see this trailer?
4: Um, Matt. What?
1: what? I'm saying, you you, you know a lot (laughs) about movies, more than I do, so I figured I'd throw it Um, over to you as far as what's coming out in the next couple of weeks.
4: If Warner Brothers wants to get a mass audience to see the trailer as it debuts, the best movie I can see in the future is Indiana Jones. Yeah. Because that's coming out in a week. However, that's still fairly close for them, so if they were going to do Indiana Jones, in a couple days we're going to get some kind of word on saying we're going to get a a premiere of the teaser.
2: I would say by Wednesday we would have a definite...
4: If, yeah, if it comes by out. by Wednesday at least. This Wednesday.
2: Well, I would think so because the movie's coming out Friday. I was looking at uh, IMDb, looking at the upcoming movies, trying to figure out what other, mo- what other movies, and I think the only other one that would really fit is Kung Fu Panda.
4: Yeah, which does kind of make sense, too, because they, they premiered the teaser trailer for the movie Happy Feet, and Happy Feet and Kung Fu Panda are kind of like the same kind of Yeah, film. and that is coming out June 6th. So
0: For some reason, I just feel like Indiana Jones would be a better movie to put in front of. I know they used probably. Happy Feet previously, but I just remember people writing in and talking about how bad it sucked to pay like $8 <laughs> to go see Happy Feet, just for the trailer. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean,
4: Harry Potter, we all thought it was going to be Narnia because it was a fantasy film.
1: Well, how does that generally work? Does it work based on the
2: company or does it work on based upon...
4: Well, it was a
2: was a disney film i think it's the type of film it's a kid's think it's
4: it's it's, it well it really depends on either the studio or the or the movie i don't really know for sure to give an honest answer because i know we have enough listeners out there who are legitimately skilled in this kind of area so (laughs) yeah (laughs) i because i have read some of the emails and well i'm almost afraid to say anything i'll put
2: my money down on um indiana jones I, I think so events. too. Safe bet. Yeah, it's due. No, I I don't know anything. I wish I did.
1: You know what this reminds well, me of when we were trying to guess when Deathly Hollows was going to be released and, and every week we'd come yeah. up with a different date until it was <laughs> right. finally revealed. I, I have a feeling this yeah. is going to go on for a little bit.
2: Well, one thing that is for certain is that if the move if the trailer comes out within the next few weeks, we're not going to be able to do a live show as soon as it is um, revealed online because none of the equipment is going to be set up yet because of my move, but we will do one later on. I know I've been promising. I'm mentioning this because we've been promising doing a live show once the trailer comes out.
4: Well, whether or not it's a live show or not, we'll still have a full episode dedicated to the trailer. Yeah, definitely.
2: So, um, in other news, Micah, what else is going on? Well, we don't have any trailer whatsoever, but we
1: did get what people think are a new picture. Um, is a new picture rather from Half-Blood Prince. And it's a very exciting picture. It's of Harry looking into a desk drawer and see, <laughs> see, this is what bothers me. People get all excited about these pictures that, that, that from the movie, I, I just don't get it. I, it, I mean they're going to speculate what is he doing and it's just going to be the scene that's end up being cut from
2: the movie. <laughs> yeah. Well, here's the thing. I I think there's a conspiracy theory going on behind these um well, I have a conspiracy theory which is that w- this picture, it's this little picture, it's like let me look at the dimensions. It's 233 by 164 pickle, pixel pixels pixels. It's this little picture and it's it's definitely from half Footprints prince because if you look at the other one of Harry that was officially released, Harry's wearing the same thing. And, like, you have to wonder, where does this come from? So I'm thinking, my theory is that WB planted this somewhere online. This sort of to do a little viral um, stir up some excitement in the fandom. Because you where think it could be- this yeah, come from that besides WB?
4: <laughs> do you think it may be, like, a little screenshot from the teaser? Mm, no. Because it's obviously not an official pick. Yeah, it is. If it was, not wouldn't they have like a, a better
2: resolution of it? Well, yeah, no, it's an official pick, but it somehow got leaked. So well, that's okay. That's what I meant. Sorry, I thought you meant like a like, I don't know,
4: but like someone took like a Nokia. I think WB of just of does this stuff site. to
2: get people going. I think it's very manipulative, and I don't appreciate it.
1: <laughs> I, I was actually going to say the same thing. I think it's just something that was thrown out there by Warner Brothers to get people excited. Uh, for yeah. the fact that the trailer is going to be released sometime in the near future. Yeah. And uh, it really, it's it's probably the most uninteresting photo I've ever seen in my life.
4: <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah,
0: I, <laughs> I mean, do. you know, Hermione's not even in it. So people can't argue about her hair in the comments. Right, yeah. Know, so. No.
2: Well, my other thing with this picture, and we don't have to go into this, but um, Warner Brothers will usually complain when an author- unauthorized picture shows up online. And I was afraid to sh- to get confirmation about WB about this picture because I thought they would tell us to take it down right away. I didn't say a thing to them. They didn't say a thing to any of us. So I think it was planted. I think they're just screwing with us. And it's really immature. <laughs> I, just, I just think it's stupid how they try to mess with fans. You know, they're being a tease about the teaser trailer. And then this random picture just happens to show up. The
4: day that we were supposed to get the teaser trailer, nonetheless.
2: Yeah, exactly. Well, the the day everyone thought. Yeah. Anyway, moving on from uh, movie news.
1: A little bit of news about J.K. Rowling. Uh, It was announced that she's going to be participating um, with 13 or 12 other authors writing a story card on one sheet of paper. And each of these story cards are going to be auctioned off uh, to benefit charity. And uh, she also picked up an award this week. I mean, she just keeps uh, pulling all those in. I wonder if she has a room in her house that she just stores all these things in. Uh, because uh, this one was for Children's Choice Author of the Year, as voted on by roughly 55,000 children. So... Just a little bit of news on uh, Joe. to
2: her. Yeah. It's, it, what's interesting about the story card is that she's going to be, all these authors are writing original stories on one sheet of paper. So it'll be cool to see what Joe comes up with. I mean, yep. I think it'll be sort of beetle the Bardish, like a little fairy tale maybe. Right. So.
1: And they also mentioned uh, that these stories will be on sale to the public later this summer. So I'm sure oh, yeah. a bunch of us will get our hands on them.
2: Yeah. It, it's going to be in a postcard book. And then. Also, um, I posted an update to that news post. They um, Waterstones is holding a contest where the three winners of this contest will be published in this postcard book alongside Joe's entry. So that's pretty cool being wow. published in the same book that Joe's in. Laura, you should write
1: something.
0: Yeah, actually, I, I might consider doing that. That'd be pretty cool.
2: Yeah, go for it. A little bit of
1: movie news related to Deathly Hollows, uh, an article in The Scotsman earlier this week said that filming is supposed to begin uh, for the seventh Yay. movie um, and actually, uh, Andrew, you made this post, but you also pointed out the fact that David Heyman revealed in an interview um, earlier this year that he thought filming wouldn't begin till February of two thousand and nine,
2: yeah. Well, I, I think, I think the Scottsdale was tar- talking about some B-roll filming. Cause you know how they'll yeah. go into the mountains and they'll, they'll just shoot like scenic shots for like transitions and stuff like that. Right. I think that's all this filming later this year is gonna be. I mean, you know, who cares when filming starts as long as the movie doesn't get delayed or anything.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Alright. And uh, the last piece of news is related to uh, Tom Felton, unf- and uh, unfortunately, I have not listened uh, to what this news post is about. So You haven't? I have oh, not. Oh,
4: Micah. What's a shame. This is, like, this is like the most primary piece of news we've had all week. <laughs> well, okay. Hear me out. It,
2: Tom Felton surprised me with his uh, little musical performance. He's been putting his songs – he sings them acoustically. He plays the guitar while singing. And he's put these on YouTube, and it said on one of the videos that um, he's going to be having an album on iTunes soon. So, here, let me just uh, play you guys a little clip, and uh, you know, we can uh, talk about our thoughts.
4: And I'll remember sharing lips with her. The coming weeks were to be a blur, cause time with her is like no other. She can make a winter's day feel like the summer, and it's so, so nice to have her alone. Cause you know, I made her leave her mobile phone at home. The clock's ticking, but I don't mind, because there's no one else I'd rather share my time. And I've no idea where that day gone went. Yet I know that it's time well spent, and I've no idea. is
0: that it, it's actually quite good i think i know yeah it's uncanny wow.
4: it, when he sings it's like you don't even know he's british <laughs> it's very well the funny
2: part the funny line is the mobile yeah. phone <laughs> 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 the mobile phone. Oh, that's, i think it's it, very it's yeah. a very relaxing like music don't you like it it is, a it is yeah. very nice yeah i'm i'm impressed why it, can't people like him be on american idol i'd vote for him
0: it's just it's so unexpected because you don't i don't know you don't look at tom felton and expect him to yeah. go from harry potter to musician well i was yeah. expecting
4: him to go from like when he's saying i'm sitting with my girl for the summer i sit up on a tree and yell why so tense potter or something you know
1: <laughs> <laughs> so mad that was really you singing before right
4: because you yeah, just sounded
1: exactly like him. yeah,
2: that was pretty good. That's that. I mean, nothing big there. I, he was uh, featured on YouTube on uh, Saturday, right on the main page, which is kind of cool. His little he causes he causes his uh, musical his musical alias is Felt Beats, which I guess is okay.
4: Felt Beats I, that's his nickname too. It seems because a lot of the other co stars of Harry Potter call him Felt Beats too. Oh oh,
2: <laughs> why? Like I how would I, you I know don't know, know. It's just
4: I've been stalking Facebook. It no <laughs> yes
2: <laughs> anyway let's move on to some announcements this week um one of our own has graduated uh while well, we're recording today saturday mikey bouchero graduated from college um today round of applause for him he was gonna try to be on the show today am i the only one clapping
0: no i just did
2: oh sorry i didn't hear it <laughs> i silent clapped oh well um so congrats to him. That's good for him. He, w- he was going to try to come on the show today, but I was like, dude, you're graduating. So um, oh, that's great. Yeah, that's great. Good for him. He's got good a degree. He's set. He's set. He's got a good job. I don't know if he wants to talk about it, but uh, maybe he'll talk about it later. Um, also, don't forget to vote for us on Podcast Alley. We are number one currently. So thank you to everyone who's been voting for us in MuggleCast May. And uh, also, we posted this on MuggleCast.com earlier this week. If you are going to say the trailer does come out with Indiana Jones and we announce, you know, we let you know on MuggleNet. If it does so happen that the trailer is coming out and you're going to see Indiana Jones, I want to kick off a listener challenge that we did with the Order of the Phoenix trailer, which is that when you go to the theater, bring your video camera. And at the end of the half Blood Prince Prince trailer, yell MuggleNet.com and then send it in. Upload it on YouTube, send it to us, and then we'll post it on the site. Um, it's a little fun thing, I think. A little cheesy way to promote MuggleDat, but it's so funny. <laughs> I have some examples an- on YouTube is from it illegal? Order of the Phoenix. No, it's not illegal. Uh, uh. Um, there's some video examples on MuggleCast.com from the Order of the Phoenix trailer, so definitely check those out. Lastly, um, Laura, I hear we're going to be somewhere this
4: July.
0: Yeah. Well, first and foremost, it's the land of my childhood, so I'm really excited about that. But, uh, oh,
4: she's going <laughs> to the, <laughs> the motherland.
0: <laughs> but we're going to be at Portis 2008 this July in Dallas, and uh, we're all pretty excited about that, I think. It's going to be fun. Yeah. All of
2: us here have been booking our uh, flights in the hotels. Yeah. Um, this I'm so stoked. It's going to be so much fun.
0: Yeah. If you haven't registered yet, please do, because it's going to be a blast. and
2: You're going to get the best in uh, Harry Potter conventions this summer. I'll tell you what, none, no Harry Potter convention has ever had such a big um, show, uh, celebrity as Jim Dale, who is going to be at Portis. He's going to be talking to everyone. He may, you know, maybe treat us to some audiobook readings. I don't know, but um, definitely check it out portis2008.org yeah. we will be there doing a podcast on the night of the podcast palooza so uh portis2008.org sign up come to the convention hang out with us it's gonna be a great time you guys excited or what? I am so pumped.
0: I'm pumped. It's yeah. it's going to be so fun. We always have such a good time at these conventions. <laughs> really? And yeah. on top yeah. of it, I mean, maybe I'm biased, but Texas is a great place. There's so much to do. Maybe not in Dallas, but in neighboring Fort Worth, <laughs> there's a ton to do.
2: <laughs> well, there's going to be a lot to do in Dallas that weekend. <laughs> exactly. I, I exactly. Believe. In that hotel. We're not going to be leaving the hotel. There's no reason. There's so much going on. And it's so huge. The hotel's big. Yeah. Mike and Laura report that it's it's like the biggest one in the yeah. world. Well, yeah. everything's it's everything's huge. bigger in Texas. True. It's very true. Yeah. Anyway, you- let's move on to Muggle Mail for this week. I'll start off with the first email because it was my my bad last week. This email comes from Page Twenty of Chatham, Virginia. She writes, as an avid knitter, I was thrilled that y'all decided to discuss Harry Potter yarn yarn on the show. I just wanted to clear up that yarn normally comes in what is called a skein, not a spool. Also, I thought you might be interested to know that Harry Potter-related knitting is so popular that there's a book, Charmed Knits by Allison Hansel, devoted to it, where you can learn to knit house scarves, dobby socks, and more. Thanks for all the time that you guys devote to the show. I look forward to listening to MuggleCast every week. Love, Paige. Thank you, Paige, for That's clearing that cool. up. A lot of people did email in. That technically wasn't my fault because I was looking for the word and then someone answered it for me. I forget who it was.
0: Our next mail mail comes from Jeffrey, age 14, of Richmond Hill, Ontario. He says, Dear Mongocasters, while listening to Cast episode 144, I would just like to say while you were discussing Voldemort's Horcrux at Hogwarts, Harry saw this, and I quote... Chipped bust of an ugly old warlock from on top of a nearby crate. He stood it on the cupboard where the book was now hidden. Perched a dusty old wig and a tarnished tiara on the statue's head to make it more distinctive. This is on page four ninety three UK of Half Blood Prince chapters Sempra
1: This is in response to I remember on this episode we were trying to figure out had the um, the diadem of Ravenclaw ever been seen prior to Deathly Hollows, and clearly it had.
2: Oh right, right. Okay.
1: So oh, cool. that was the whole point of that. So Mike, as a reward, why don't you take the next email? Oh, thank you so much. Um, You're welcome. The <laughs> next email comes from Sarah S- Skirtik. Skurtik. That's uh, a cool name. 16, Sarah Skirtik of Munster, Indiana. She says, Hey everyone, I love the show and I just wanted to comment on last week's chapter by chapter discussion. When you were talking about the passwords for the different house common rooms, you mentioned that they were able to get into the Slytherin common room only because they were Slytherin. Actually, when they were walking in with Malfoy, Malfoy turns to Harry and asks him what and asks him what the new password is. Then he remembers it and turns around and says "pureblood." The line is on page 221 of the American paperback edi- edition. Just wanted to clear that up. I love the show and look forward to listening to it every week. Thanks for all the work you guys put in, Sarah. Thank you, Sarah. Thanks for correcting our mistake.
4: Okay, our next email comes from Danielle, 15 of Indianapolis, Indiana. Danielle writes, Hi! I was listening to episode 145, and you were discussing what would happen if someone would try to enter the room of requirement while it was in use. This happened in Half-Blood Prince when Draco was in it, and Trelawney tried to enter. In page 541 of the U.S. edition, Trelawney explains how she had gotten in, but as soon as she asked who was there, everything turned pitch black, and she was hurled from the room. Since we know Malfoy was in there, this probably means that once Trelawney entered, Malfoy wanted her gone, so the room threw her out. So we know that it is possible to gain access to the room, even that if it's in use. You just have to know what to think. Keep up the great work,
2: Danielle. There's some more clarification. Thank you, Danielle. Next email comes from Autumn, 19 of New Jersey. She writes about the Lupin Tonks wedding. The rumor comes from the MuggleNet editorial for The Greater Good, Lessons for Deathly Hallows from Lord of the Rings. I actually really like the idea of putting the Wedding and Shell Cottage on Tonks and Lupin if they won't be bringing back Flora and bringing in Bill. This also makes their deaths during the Battle of Hogwarts much more effective because we have spent more time with them in the movie. They haven't just been passing characters that people who have not read the books don't know. There were people who didn't remember Lupin from movie three to five. This way, the non-readers are reacquainted with them and get to know more about them and develop some attachment to them and their new baby.
0: That's interesting. Yeah. The last email for today comes from Ariana18 of California. And she says, Hey guys, first of all, I would like to say that I love listening to this show on my computer during AP study time. It always makes boring study time fun. Anyway, I was watching Order of the Phoenix the other day, and I came across the scene where Luna tells Harry, after Sirius dies, and he, Harry, asks if she needed any help finding shoes, and she replies, That's all right. Anyway, my mom always said things we lose have a way of coming back to us in the end, if not always in the way we expect. Do you think this foreshadowed what happens in Deathly Hallows, where James, Lily, Sirius, and Remus come back through the Resurrection Stone? Please give me your opinion, and I love you.
4: Aww. Oh, That's so sweet. Yeah. I, mean, I don't know. What do you guys think about that? I think it's
2: a good idea.
0: Yeah, I think it's I think... nice. They kind of sort They somewhat paraphrase that from her quote in the book, where she said... It was something along the lines of, like, it's not as though I'll never see her again. You know? So I feel like they were just kind of shortening that uh-huh. line up a bit
4: yeah i guess yeah well people are, are asking too if if that whole serious and hairy talk in the film of prisoner basketball when he said and you'll always find them in here and he went to his he pushed harry's chest a lot of people thought that was the foreshadowing of deathly hollows mm. when he met he was talking about his oh, family yeah. or something do you remember that yeah. rumor yeah so this is probably you know around the same you know, situation too. So let's move along now
2: to chapter by chapter this week. We're going to be discussing chapter 30, the sacking of Severus Snape. Mikey, you left us sort of on a cliffhanger last week because you had said that, uh, this, this, this chapter had one of your favorite scenes. Is that what you said? Oh, I
1: did say that. Yeah. Yeah. You were.
2: So I'm excited to know what exactly is your favorite part of this? Cause it's rare. You actually get excited about something these days. <laughs> Usually You're just complaining.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah, you know you're right. Um but uh and it was it was awesome getting to read the scene again. I actually read it this morning, but do you want me to talk about it right now or do you want me to mention it when we actually get to it?
2: Yeah, I'll mention it once we actually get to it. Okay. I just wanted to hear a little positivity come out of you for <laughs> once. So, um the chapter starts off with Luna just, you know, saving Harry by uh quickly stunning Electo Caro and um which could be a very funny movie
0: Does anybody
4: scene. besides me think Electo is a, a male name?
0: Yeah, it does sound rather masculine, doesn't Beca-
4: it? Yeah, because, you know... Mainly because it like, ends in O. Span- yeah, Spanish words. Um, o is more of a, a, a masculine vowel. Yeah, <laughs> should be Electa. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Hmm.
0: Electo um, was one of the Greek Furies in mythology. There
2: you go. J.K. Rowling loves her Greek. Mm-hmm. The reason
1: why I put that in there about it being pretty funny is I think Luna's just funny in this chapter in general just kind of her oh yeah her attitude overall towards things is it's not very serious what's going on she just kind of goes about it right. everything mm-hmm. matter of factly
4: mm-hmm. right well i can see what you mean by being funny in the film too you can like see electo getting like stunned going across the room and harry just turns his head and there's luna with with her her vacant expression with her wand in, in the air going Wow, that, that made a louder noise than I expected it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah,
2: I mean but that's Luna's character in general. She's always so out there that she doesn't really ever take anything seriously.
4: Pretty well, I much, think she yeah. does take it seriously. I just don't think she's she's she passionate when she expresses it. She's not very out and open. She's like, just she...
0: a very tranquil person. Yeah. So
4: um
2: more on the Raven Ravenclaw Common Room gaming gaining access to it. Um last week I was I was saying, Well, why how how is it possible for Harry to get in so easily, um, and now in this chapter McGonagall gets in, no problem, and right. she does it by answering a question just like Harry did, and this was also very really funny because the the way um because the uh, door said, says it was nicely phrased and then opens up, mm-hmm. It mm-hmm. swung open. So um, how can she get it? Why can she get in so easily? that's the She's that's the million smart. dollar question I mean the, the reason Harry was
1: able to get in was because he had luna and uh th- th- just right. this idea that anybody though with half a brain right i mean if yeah. if you can reason well enough and I'm sure there's plenty of students in other houses or even adults in this case who would look to get in obviously um amicus is is pretty much a, an idiot as we come to learn in this chapter and you know he doesn't have the brains to get in there but Think about somebody a little bit more powerful in terms of uh, Death Eaters, maybe even Voldemort himself, mm-hmm. would be able to reason an answer to this question. And to me, that just seems a little bit um, too easy. And and the same can be said of just a and just a regular password to get it access to a common room, but that's a little bit more difficult unless you're told the password yourself. Uh,
2: I guess the other question is, is there really a, 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 an important reason for the common rooms to be really secure? You um, know I what guess I mean?
4: I not. I mean, it's I not mean ta- just in
0: terms... Sorry? Sorry, Matt, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, in terms of safety, I mean, things... It does seem a bit weird that they didn't change the rules for the passwords to the common room after Voldemort's rise. Um, But it would seem like that during times of, you know, peace and tranquility, no one would really be that concerned uh, because the worst thing that you would have happen would be someone would break into a common room that wasn't theirs.
4: Right. So,
0: but yeah, it does seem a little irregular that it was done this way. To me, I think
4: the Ravenclaw uh, common room entrance, I think it's almost just as Protective, if not more than you know the others. I mean, all you have to have is a password that you can get from anybody. If someone hands you a piece of paper that's written of the like the Gryffindor common room password, anyone can get in. But with the Ravenclaw, I mean, the questions change every single time. But it's still anyone could answer. Well, anyone. Well, anyone can get in any common room if they just had the password too.
2: Right. So, no, no, I agree. I agree. But I think there is a better excuse for McGonagall be able, being able to get in because she's a professor. And she's a head of I house, mean, head, head of house. Or, you're right. But I don't think it would make no, more sense true. she'd be able to get access because she's a professor. Because, you know, look at real schools. It, teachers have master keys for the most part, you know.
0: Yeah, why couldn't they just get so. a key
2: to their common room? I mean, the kids. <laughs> well, you could also share the keys. Well, yeah.
0: <laughs> right. <laughs>
4: There's no good. Yeah, there's, no there's always way a hole. Of doing there's this. always some loophole yeah. or something.
2: Always, but uh, there's always a way.
1: I mean, talking about security overall, though, I think that even if you think about dorms, everybody has a lock on their door, and most of the time, the buildings themselves get locked up mm-hmm. at night. You have to have a security card to gain entrance, so it's not that far out there to think that uh, you know these common rooms shouldn't have passwords or, mm-hmm. or something that protects them from the outside well, world. keep
2: in mind that Hogwarts or that the Harry Potter books are, are set in a pre-9-11 world, so I think that plays a factor, too. Yeah,
1: well, I'm sure that people locked their doors before
2: 9-11, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, no, but I'm saying after 9-11, everything changed. It, it was sort of a joke, but...
4: Well, you know. I mean, honestly, I think all the comers should have, like, those eye scanners or something. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, hey, it is magic. I mean, the
2: the, the thing should just yeah. know if he's a if the person who's trying to get in is a Gryffindor or not anyway. Yeah, but that would be too easy. easy. Too easy and true. Anyway, let's move on. Um I think Hogwarts will be just fine in the way it's been operating. <laughs> yeah. I mean, no one's going <laughs> to break in.
1: Yeah. So so what happens next? What happens next? Well, they enter the common room shockingly. Um and uh there's this whole scene that, that takes place and Amicus comes in and he sees his sister lying on the ground and what eventually ends up developing is this this conversation between Amicus and McGonagall and Amicus is is starting to freak out because he knows that she's um put up the dark mark and this has told Voldemort that they've captured Harry. Right and for him, he knows that for all he knows harry is is not even there. He has no right. clue that Harry's in the room, so he figures well i'm in uh my sister's in a whole lot of trouble now because she just summoned the dark mark and told Voldemort that Harry's here, and for all I can tell, Harry's nowhere to be found so He goes through this whole thing where he tries to come up with an idea of blaming this on the Ravenclaw students that have come into the common room um, when they heard uh, Electo getting hit with that spell. So um, what are your guys' thoughts on this? I mean, it goes back to the whole idea of what we've talked about through this entire series. This entire book, actually, and and that is that there's this complete disregard for human life on a part of the Death Eaters, and uh, this was just they, even they more care evident. for their
2: lives yeah. more more than anything else. Yeah, we we're right. talking and about getting children. Getting killed by now. Voldemort is the worst way to go. So right.
0: I mean, the students are just dispensable to them. Right,
1: and then uh, McGonagall <laughs> uh, has a great line in here, and, and I can see Maggie Smith saying these lines you know she turns to amicus and says you're not going to pass off your many ineptitudes on the students of hogwarts i shall not permit it and um so you know McGonagall's starting to fight back a little bit do you guys think she had any idea that harry was there at that point
0: i don't think so because she seemed really shocked by it and she was clutching her chest yeah it said that she fell down in a chair Yeah, yeah
1: that's right um, and then we get into the whole um, spinning incident between Amicus
4: ah, and yes. McGonagall,
1: and this yeah. is my favorite scene, I think, in Deathly Hallows. To be honest, is when Harry rips off the invisibility clo- cloak and performs the uh, Cruciatus Curse on Amicus.
2: Yeah, and Harry says you shouldn't have done that, just because it sent Harry over the edge and it gave him that extra push to perform. Uh, the Cruciatus yeah. Curse, right? Right. And that's basically what he's saying, <laughs> which is awesome. And
1: then he also uh, refers to the fact that, um, you know, Bellatrix, who told him back in Order of the Phoenix that you really have to mean it, he actually yeah. felt the effects yeah, of the curse. that's why
2: I thought that. Yeah.
1: Um,
0: and I love the line where McGonagall told him he shouldn't have done that, and he just very simply said, well, he spit at you. He
4: yeah. spit at you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. yeah. Now, do, now, do you think that the fact that he felt really, um, uh, really emotional towards um, Professor McGonagall when she said Harry's in my house because whenever because in the book he says that he he had a lot of you know a respect for her at that moment when he said that. Do you think that? Yeah. Do you think that f- fueled the the hatred when he spat in her face to do the? Well, I think that just gave Harry more of
2: a reason to protect her because you know, she's showing how much, right. how, how she protects Harry. Harry's in my house mm-hmm. back off. He can't be here. Yeah,
4: so. but I mean it was just an even bigger um, slope down from like being extremely you know, respectable to Professor McGonagall and then seeing this, um, her immediately being spit spat in the face. Yeah. it's it, it just goes from, you know, a really happy moment to a really furious feeling. So Micah, did you think that did
2: you think that this this was leading up to him using vada Kedavra on Voldemort? I mean, if he can perform a, an unforgivable curse on a Death Eater, uh, killing Voldemort should be no problem.
1: Well, the, this is the second time, really, um, or the second of the two or the three unforgivable curses that he uses in the, in the book. Mm-hmm. And that's why, what led me to believe, yeah, I thought that he was going to end up using the killing curse in the end. Um, mm-hmm. I thought it was sort of leading up to it. He uses the Imperius Curse uh, in Gringotts and then, you know, uses the Cruciatus Curse here. Um, So I thought we were going to actually see him use the Killing Curse. Uh, Mm -hmm. But we all know that didn't end up happening. He used the, um, you know, the ever-powerful...
4: Expelliarmus.
1: Exactly. And, you know, who isn't scared of that? Oh, my God. That
4: red (laughs) flashed. Ah, scary yeah
1: so that, that was just kind of my thinking as as the book progressed that that's where we were going with it, but it ended up not happening. So.
4: I think this whole chapter is f- for P- Professor McGonagall, this is the scene that all of the fans of Maggie Smith have been waiting for, honestly because this is this entire yeah. chapter um, she, she gets she gets spat in the face. She pretty much controls Hogwarts in this scene, and she leads Harry into—I mean, she has her moment. This is one of her moments in the series. I think one of her biggest moments,
0: too. Definitely. Yeah, and, you know, I have to say, it's not oftentimes when I read these books and I actually visualize one of the actors from the movies acting out the role, but with Maggie Smith, I Absolutely, almost always envision her mm-hmm. um, reading these lines and acting out this part. Yeah. So she's definitely a very strong actress, and I can't wait to see her do this in the movie. There's this
4: one. There's this one part in the chapter. I well, I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna say until we get to that part where I immediately saw her a- as the actress playing this role. So yeah, well, and I,
1: and I just think I mean. She's she's sort of been in the background for the for such a long time in these movies. Mm-hmm. And this is kind of be the scene that, and and I saw the movies before I read the books. So to me, Maggie Smith has always been Professor McGonagall. Um, yeah. So I'm looking forward to this.
2: So, um, McGonagall gets all into it once Harry tells her that um, he's acting on Professor Dumbledore's orders. And she's willing to help immediately to to lock down the school, which is another awesome great line that should really shine through in the movie. Um, And Harry doesn't give out more information at this point. And um, at this time, also Voldemort is all but certain that his horcruxes are being destroyed. So what harm would it have? Micah asks in the discussion, what harm would it have done to tell McGoggle, Flitwick, Sprout, or especially Slughorn, what's going on? But I don't know, Micah. I really don't think, you know, first of all, there wasn't time. I don't think to set up the story again. Why do you think it would have been important? I mean, don't you think all they really need to know that is that Voldemort's coming to the school and going to kill anyone who's in his way?
1: Yes, I agree with that. But at the same time, I think with this whole idea of trying to find the lost diadem, Um, um, it it, yeah. he, it would have reinforced the importance of him needing to find it so maybe any more knowledge that they were um that they had could have been used I mean, obviously he ends up finding it but kind of on a whim as opposed to getting some sort of clear cut information from you know one of the professors
2: yeah well yeah i agree with that because there is one point where they're like why does that matter in this time of peril
0: yeah i mean i definitely think it would have been easier for harry that way but at the same time i think he really recognized the importance of keeping it secret yeah and he even stated later that the reason he told ron and hermione was so that there would be people to take his place in case he died right so it's really it's like a life or death situation you find close people that you will trust in the case that you can no longer carry out the search and those are the only people who can know well
4: and McGonagall was really you know accepting of, of, of when he told him that it was Dumbledore's orders. I mean, she, she didn't give a second thought about it either.
1: Yeah. It was almost like there was a, a flip of a switch. You know, she was constantly telling him, you shouldn't be here. What are you doing here? But then as soon as Dumbledore's name came up in conversation, like Matt said, it was just like an automatic, okay, mm-hmm. what do well, I need to do?
4: She wasn't like that in Half-Blood Prince either. Didn't she kind of give Harry a little bit of a, a 2020 interview yeah. about that?
2: Saying, I yeah, think you should tell she me. Did. So then from there, McGonagall summons other heads of house, and they have this big duel with Snape. Just reading this back and knowing that Snape is good, what do you think he really was going to do to Harry when, um, when
4: Snape said that he must insist? I don't think he really expected it to happen like this, though. Who? I mean, no, Snape. Snape? I don't think he really knew what he was going to do.
1: In my opinion, I think what happened was Snape's, um... You know, the mark on his arm started to move, and he clearly realized what that meant, and that meant that Harry was at Hogwarts. So I think part of it was probably him just freaking out, because he realized what he had to do, and that the time had come for him to tell Harry that, look, yeah. this has been the plan all along, and it, I think in that situation, he, he wasn't going to do anything to harm Harry, clearly, but maybe... You know, he he was looking around almost nervously to see where Harry was. He knew that Harry had an invisibility cloak. He just wasn't sure where he was or wh- what, he, whether or not he was with McGonagall.
4: He and, was probably very nervous too, because I mean, besides Harry and or Hermione and Ron, and Snape probably knows the situation just as much as they do, because he because he's that close with Voldemort, so he knows that Voldemort knows that they're after the Horcruxes, and he knows they have no time left. Right. Yeah, so it's a poor situation for Snape, and I couldn't help
2: but feel bad for him <laughs> when he's being attacked in this case. Yeah. But I mean, you know, you have to, they,
4: of course, they had to be careful in this this time of peril. Oh, and who doesn't want to see Alan Rickman and Maggie Smith duel in a scene? Well.
0: Oh, yeah. I think that'll be really good.
2: I guess. The way they've blown duels in, in Order of the Phoenix, <laughs> I wouldn't get my hopes up. They'll be throwing water balls at each other. <laughs> uh, They're water balloons?
0: They'll be like Pokemon.
2: Water balloons, sorry. So Snape can turn into a bat and fly. Apparently, Snape's well, new a bat, bat
0: like
4: not a bat.
2: <laughs> <laughs> what what does it say? Yeah, turn into a bat like. Yeah, what was with that? Was that kind of random or what? Yeah, it's
0: no, just he like, learned how to fly. Oh, he's a bat now. From Voldemort, Snape
4: man. It's it's bad enough. Everybody thought that he was a vampire.
1: Well, based on all that talk that had existed before Deathly Hollows, that he was a vampire. Just the words "bat like" weren't that uncommon for or surprising. I yeah. think. Mm-hmm.
4: Well, maybe they're just trying to um shoot JK Rowling was just trying to tell us how it really looked like when Voldemort was flying all by himself. Because there there's no real explanation except just like smoke billowing from beneath him, right? Right.
1: So after uh, Snape takes flight and uh leaves, there's this whole discussion that goes on um between the heads of house and Harry. And basically what McGonagall is going to do is, is rally the troops, the ones who are old enough and can stay behind, will fight. The others are going to be taken out um, through the room of requirement uh, to the Hogshead to apparate away from Hogwarts. And um, again, this is another line uh, that, I, that I picked out of the book for Maggie Smith, which I think is going to be, an awesome line in the series and she tells uh, professor slughorn in particular, who's the most apprehensive about um, the situation that lies ahead. And she tells him the time has come for Slytherin house to decide upon its loyalties. And she even tells him that uh, if they try anything that they're going to fight to the death,
2: (laughs) to the death. It's so like, it just shows, like, McGonagall's scared at this point. And just, there's no BS, there's no room for BS, like, with her. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty strange. Yeah, it's great,
0: because she's, she's telling people exactly what she thinks of them. Like, at one point yeah. when Filch comes in, she calls him a blithering idiot. Yeah. And at one point when he's, like, she tells him to go find peeves, and he's perplexed by it, and she says, yes, haven't you been complaining about him for the last quarter of a century? <laughs> yeah, yeah.
4: Well, this this is also one of those, um, those traits of Gryffindors that a lot of people don't seem to think about. It's, it's, it's when – I Gryffindors are very blunt when they talk. They, they they don't really go through the formalities, especially in these kind of situations. They just pretty much speak whatever is going through their head. Yeah. Well, yeah.
1: Th- this is just going to be a, overall, I think, an awesome scene in the movie, um, hopefully, if they don't uh, mess it up too badly. But, yeah, you, you sort of have the, the unifying of the houses – and as Laura mentioned, you have McGonagall telling Filch to go get Peeves. So it's really a rallying of the troops, in, in essence. And the, the best part is, you know, when Flitwick is casting this the protective spell over Hogwarts, you have Professor Sprout, who's going to run off, and I don't know what she's going to get, but she mentions a couple of things that she could be Devil using in the, in the fight. And then uh, McGonagall, and I, I hope I don't... Butcher this, but she does the spell uh, "pure totem locomotor," and I just think this is going to be
4: oh yeah. Awesome. Th- this is this is was the scene I was talking mm-hmm. about. Oh no, really? Yeah, this is this is probably one going to be the most badass scenes you're going to see in this part of the book or the movie. Right. If, if they follow like what the other movies have done, she's probably going to put like her wand near her throat, and then it's just going to echo through the entire castle <laughs> and all yeah. the all all the statues and armor. Are, are just going to come alive and start running down the halls. <laughs>
2: and then Dumbledore's army, the Order of the Phoenix, and even Griffin, Harry's old Griffin or Quidditch team are awaiting him in the room of requirement. It's turning into sort of like the the locker room, so to speak. It's just like... Or it's like the situation room in the White House. Like, everyone's there. <laughs> um, And then Percy returns. Uh, Aw, uh, who cares? I know. Does anyone care? I mean, it was nice, Not really.
0: but...
4: Yeah. It seems kind At of that point, I had
0: become at that point, like, Percy had become so unimportant to me as a character. Right. I was just like, oh, yeah, that's cool. Closure. That's nice. It was refreshing.
2: Yeah. It was refreshing. I, I remember being kind of excited. I don't remember seeing Laura crying, so <laughs> yeah. I guess it wasn't
0: that big of a deal. <laughs> I did a lot of that, too. Um, well, but, but anyway- odds are
4: this part is going to be cut anyway, since they're probably not even going to have Percy in this film. So, and then the chapter, chapter, this, this is
1: pretty much the end of the chapter where Harry gets back to the room of requirement. All those people are there. And uh, then he has sort of this vision again of Voldemort. And um, he's standing outside the gates of Hogwarts. And the line that uh, J.K. Rowling used was, he was possessed of that cold, cruel sense of purpose that preceded murder. Ooh. So. Ooh. Yeah, I think I
0: remember reading that. And I mean, of course, you know, we were we were reading the book straight through. So it wasn't like there was any chance throughout any other, other ch- chapters that I was going to put the book down. But this definitely solidified my turning the next page right. and not eating or sleeping or, or showering or anything until I finished this yeah, book yeah. because it was so this, good. This is
4: definitely not a chapter you just read once. I mean, j- just, just read this one chapter and not continue. It was bad enough we had to just read this one chapter this week.
3: Yeah,
2: yeah, I I was disappointed with that too, actually, because these chapters seem to fly by, and um, I wanted to keep reading, but then I just confused myself when I'm talking about chapter by chapter. Yeah,
4: I think that does it for our discussion, right? Yeah, we're uh, we're just left off in the chapter yeah. when um when Harry's trying to find Ron and Hermione. But um, so that does it for that discussion, which leads us. Mid- di-
2: Sorry, that was really loud. Yeah, intended for it be that loud. Sorry. I sought to make myself cleverer, more important than my mother. I ran away with it. <laughs> uh, who could that be? <laughs> um. So we have some voicemails this week. Come back with some voicemails, and we have several good ones. We're gonna take, um, we're gonna take a fun one first. Laura, um, well, I think everyone's gonna enjoy this. this i's pretty intriguing. So, uh, all right, here's the first voicemail. Voicemail.
3: Hi guys, this is Jason from Kentucky again. Got one thought for you concerning Laura. I've I've had suspicion for a while now that actually Laura is Amanda from Survivor. If you listen to their voices, it's the same and somehow <laughs> I believe that Amanda is actually Laura. It's like a it's like a, a different personality for her, but not very different. And that she somehow snuck like a satellite phone onto the island so that she can call in for muggle Just a thought. Bye.
2: So um I looked into this laura because i i you know
0: Hmm.
2: does anyone here watch survivor by chance no oh. i do do you do you know who, who her man who, who amanda is
1: uh sure i i mean i have i've watched the season but sporadically i know it just ended so
2: well here's a clip of amanda and i, I think this caller is right
0: i trust parv completely i think her and i can go really far in this game you know because we both have different strategies and we're we have different personalities but together like I think we can do a lot.
4: Laura I think that really sounds like you <laughs> okay, it sounds like okay. the Valley Girl version of Laura. You
0: guys you guys found me out. Um that is my alter ego. Doesn't it sound like her though? And and I like really think we do a lot together.
2: <laughs> it does sound kinda scripted for Survivor but um, yeah,
0: you know what though? It's not the first time I've had people um saying that I sound like someone else. Uh, a couple of other people have said I sound like Pam from The Office. Yeah, sort which of. Which I I don't really hear that as much, but you know,
2: yeah.
0: Anyway, I, I, I thought that was
2: pretty funny. Uh, next voicemail.
5: Hey guys, this is Joe Thirteen from Massachusetts. Yeah, I'm calling about what I just saw in Barnes and Noble today. I just got out and I went in there. I was in the children's section where Barnes & Noble usually has Harry Potter. And it wasn't there. They took the section out. They replaced it with, like, the spider Chronicles and Chronicles of Narnia and some other stuff. And I usually don't really care about that stuff, but it just kind of hit me for a second. I was like, whoa, the books really are over and they're not selling as much and i was just kind of sad for a second there i know the movies are still going on and everything but it never it takes some people it takes longer than others to hit them that the series is actually over for me it just happened for the books i don't know just called in with that depressing note.
2: Laura, you and I were in, in a Borders this other day, and it was kind of weird seeing the Harry Potter books, like, on a shelf, and it wasn't even, like, the complete collection. They were sort of just, like, whatever they had left over.
0: Yeah, it was pretty crappy. They had, like, just a few of the paperbacks. There weren't that many. They didn't even have a complete collection yeah. of those. I
2: thought it was pretty sad. I, I,
0: it was off in a corner, too. Yeah. <laughs> well, really I think...
4: Really to show you the books I think it's... Just, they're just going to have another bookshelf of them when the movie comes out anyway. Because their only reason why they had mm-hmm. a whole presentation of Narnia was because the movie's coming out for Prince Caspian. I mean, Narnia's been... The last book was, what, last issued in the 50s? Yeah. Just yeah. like Lord of the Rings, so... so. It's just because it's right. It's right now. It's 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 out in it's, it's popular hot. culture. Yeah, it's hot. It's hot. All right, next voicemail.
3: Hi, my Lucas. Hi, I'm Erica. I'm 20 and I'm from Chicago, Illinois. Well, I am not upset with you guys because your show is awesome, of course, and I listen every week. But just the fact that with the WB that how we don't have a teaser trailer yet and how. We have, like, movies like Twilight, and they have, like, their teaser trailer and stuff out. And I was just wondering, well, do you think that because of the trial with J.K. Rowling and Steve Anderart or whatever, do you think that that's the reason we haven't got a teaser trailer yet? Because they're trying to um, settle that first before before they can, you know, give us a trailer or whatever. Um, Just wanted to know what you guys thought about that. Love you guys' show been a huge listener since day one all right i'll talk to you later bye,
2: bye. bye. thanks for that um you know the reason i included this voicemail is because this has crossed my mind before do you guys think it could be because of the trial uh, I, mean, I don't think so
0: yeah i mean honestly most people don't even know about the trial
2: that's right. Yeah, I know, but it just seems weird how Warner Brothers has been acting with with releasing stuff thus far. And like the only difference this
4: year is the trial. So, it, Warner Brothers has been acting a little, you know, sk- you know, skimpy with updates and things on the film. But, I mean, the film itself is not really connected to the trial. And, and they have released, well, it's but they Brothers. have release dates to consider, too. I mean, it's it, it just seems weird. I don't know. It's crossed my mind, so. I, I, because the outcome of this trial is not going to affect when the movie is going to be released or not well, anyway. Well, I could just, like, I, yeah, I agree with that. But, like, I'm just
2: picturing, you know, this trailer hitting, hitting, you know, theaters. And then the same day or the next day, Warner Brothers, Harry Potter
4: court trial, blah, 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 blah. So it's like. Yeah, maybe the trailer would be overshadowed by the trial. But see, the trial isn't even that widely known besides Harry Potter fans well, that's, and fanatics. That's what the teaser trailers for. But the teaser trailer is is teasing the general public, and not the, all the fans. The, the,
1: well, uh, I, I wouldn't mean, say that it wasn't known. I mean, it, it was it was definitely written up in a, in a bunch of different newspapers throughout the
2: world. So
1: yeah, yeah but
0: a lot uh, of people uh, don't right. really know the specifics, and a lot of people really don't care, to be honest. <laughs> But I'm just thinking it could,
2: right. be, it could overshadow it. I mean, because, you know, it's hard enough for them to get publicity for a teaser trailer, which is which is yeah. pretty important because that's when they start the initial the teaser posters.
4: But know, also the, the book and the films are two different venues. It doesn't matter. They, Warner Brothers is still involved because they own the copyrights. Right. They own the copyrights. But, I mean are you saying they're just taking the whole the whole publicity of the film on the back burner during this trial because it's bringing everybody's attention to it and no one's I'm working on I'm saying that the, the trial promotions? could
2: overshadow the hype of the teaser trailer in a negative light. I don't think so.
0: Well, yeah, I think I it's don't... possible that they could be acting cautiously. Um whether they mm-hmm. need to or not is A matter of opinion
4: well it's well it's it's definitely obvious warner brothers is 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 doing something based on this trial because they're not even telling us anything since the trial began really there hasn't been any real official updates or anything on the film right
1: my question is how far in advance do you generally receive a a teaser trailer for a movie
2: well look at it this way like um we got the order of phoenix trailer with happy feet um I'm gonna look it up. I think it came out in January, right?
0: Yeah, I think you're right.
2: So I guess uh, then we're not really late for a trailer, are we? What made me think? That no, we we're are? late for a teaser. Wait, we're late for a yeah. teaser trailer. The teaser, oh, the teaser came out in November, right? Oh, November
4: seventeenth. Wow. Yeah. The movie didn't come out until we're, July. We're already. July. No, as I said this last time. We're over a month overdue. If we're going by the Goblet of Fire or the Order of the Phoenix teaser trailer. Well, From maybe the, you're right,
1: Andrew. Maybe, uh, maybe it does have something to do with the court. Case. I just
2: think it would be negative. Pub- I think it would be a bad mix of publicity. You got this negative court trial, and then you got this positive teaser. I, you know, they're being quiet differently. You know, it's something's going on. Anyway, we'll see what happens. Hopefully, this week next voicemail.
5: Hi, I was just uh, catching up on some episodes, and you were talking about you were going over the chapter, the uh, Deathly Hollows you're we talking about how it's interesting that the deathly hollows usually got people killed and you do mention how it's ironic that Dumbledore the only thing he wanted to see was his family again which is why he had the resurrection stone and it ended up causing his death when he asked Snape to finish him off and the curse spread up his arm so he did actually end up going to see his family again.
2: It's a little bit of irony yeah. there. That was kind of clever. Oh, excuse me. So that does it for, um, voicemails this week. Um, so we're going to step back into, into the uh, past here with this week in MuggleCast. We're going to go all the way back to, uh, May 21st, 2006 with the episode, episode 40, hating on Dumbledore. This was of course the controversial episode that, um, MuggleNet staff well, former MuggleNet staff member Jess was on. Uh, So uh, let's go back in time here. We got to do the little.
4: However, this
2: feeds my theory that Dumbledore is an idiot and that Dumbledore (laughs) is evil and that Dumbledore deserved to fall off the astronomy
5: tower Um. dead because. (laughs) Never um, insult (gasps) Albus Dumbledore in front of me. (laughs) Well, uh, you know. <laughs>
2: well I have K's. I've never liked Dumbledore. I just don't like Dumbledore. I think he's a fraud. I think oh, he deserved my everything gosh. he got. And, who are you? Know, you know, I think almost in a way that he set up Harry into these situations so he can't take the <laughs> oh, blame wow. for like, <laughs> Whatever happens. Yeah. I am on the verge of crying. I can't believe you would say this. You're like you're like the you're like the national inquirer on Muggle
0: Cast. <laughs> <laughs> true. until I cried. <laughs> It was so sad. I know. I laughed
2: and took pictures while Laura cried <laughs> over Dumbledore's
0: death.
2: <laughs> that was a classic. That was wow. a classic scene. So yeah, after that episode, we got a lot of negative yeah, feedback about Jasmine. Still can't figure out why.
0: Well, because people <laughs> see there's. I've noticed that there is a trend, and and not to say that like we got hundreds of emails or anything, but every now and then, if someone says something that a few people disagree with they feel like it was a personal attack upon themselves and their theories right. and they decide yeah. to blow it out of proportion
2: <laughs> Right. so laura is back at home she's uh congrats laura on finishing your first year of college thank by you very the way. much
0: likewise to yourself oh
2: thank you and my uh, first time leaving a college too <laughs> <laughs> um so you're back at home, and you had time to check out the P.O. Box, and we're going to do a little P.O. Box update for
0: you. Yeah. Um, one of the first uh, things that I wanted to say thank you for was Talia uh, hand-knitted scarves for each of us, uh, each of the Muggle casters, Aww. and they're really, really nice. I mean, just they're just really, really well done, and my mom is coveting them, and they're really, really great. So I'm looking forward to sending those out to everybody. Um, awesome. Jenny sent us a nice little uh, postcard from Boston. Uh, Lily also sent us a postcard of Dumbledore that she had left over from a set. I'm assuming. Uh, Nadia sent us some HP trading cards, and what's pretty cool about these is she sent some of them that were in different languages. So we have them in like Japanese oh, cool. and Spanish. So that's pretty cool.
2: Are those the trading cards? Um, I remember those. I used to collect yeah, them. Yeah, me too. <laughs> it, it, like the the um, the face of them has like Harry's forehead. Right.
0: Yeah, th- those are the we'll ones. Got, yeah. Oh, those were great. Those were
2: fun. We should play that at Port. We should, like, set up a tournament at Portis. (laughs) (laughs) We bring them back. All of a sudden, the toy company has all these sales.
0: That'd be great. That would be, yeah. Huh. We also have um, Mark anyway. sent us uh, his CD. It's uh, his wizard rock band, and the band is called oh, Marked as His Equal. So he sent that to us, and he sent us a few tracks, and it's very nice. So we really appreciate getting that. All right. Uh, Andrew, you also got uh, a package from an unknown sender, and we opened it before right. the show tonight. And it was...
2: Upon my request, yes, we should probably know. It, so you just... <laughs> Andrew's
0: request, we opened it. Uh, and it was the, uh, the Wii Lego Star Wars game. So
2: thank you so much for that. Um, I will be having a Wii in California. And um, thank you. That, that's very nice. That's a very generous gift. I'm very eager to play. it. I used to play uh, Lego Harry Potter. So and I know Mikey apparently loves Lego Star Wars. So we'll play that with him, too. It should be fun. So thank you for that.
0: Yeah, Andrew. And you also got a letter from Devin. Uh oh, thanks, so Kevin.
2: I'll... Um, how about my my birthday's coming up, Laura? Did anyone send me like birthday gifts? um no. Oh, sorry. Oh, that... Huh.
0: Actually, a lot of people send my mom letters. <laughs> it's really <laughs> cute. Um, and then uh, Micah also got what I'm assuming is a T-shirt from an unknown sender. Uh, so is he mystery? Is he key. here? I hope nice. it's a T-shirt. No, it <laughs> I
3: don't
1: know what else it could be. I mean, you probably should hope it's a T-shirt because you're the one that has I'm... the package right now.
0: Well, I mean, it's not open, so it's not like you all want to open it. Open package. it.
1: Let's open it right now on the show. Ooh, Are you okay. serious? Go ahead.
0: Okay, hang on. You have to yeah. let me go get it really quick. Hold up.
1: Okay, guys, I'm calling the police and having her arrested for opening
2: my mail. <laughs> 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 okay, ma- make sure you put the. Um... The bag close to the, to the yeah. mic too. We can hear you know every laugh there. I bet it's I bet it's a goat shirt or something. Oh, that'd be so funny.
0: Let's see, I'm pulling it out. <laughs> I don't think this is anything what? I can uh, read out loud, but it is a goat shirt. <laughs> I knew it. <laughs>
4: Say it. Okay. Say it on there.
2: We'll, we'll We'll cut out. Any uh, it's it's all inappropriate. inappropriate,
0: but it's it's like a checklist. Mike
2: is disappointed. I think he really <laughs> wanted a shirt he could wear. <laughs>
3: so, Micah, <laughs> Mike, do you have a reaction?
0: Words?
1: No, I can't say that I do. <laughs> uh,
4: uh, thanks, I think. We-
0: <laughs> and we did get one letter from Caroline, so... Thank you for that. Aww. Thank
2: you, everyone. We'll remind everyone about the P.O. Box information at the end of the show if you would like to send something in. I mean, um, also, it's my birthday this week. Um, happy birthday to me since nobody else wants to say it.
0: I was going to tell you on your birthday. Gosh. I was gonna... no, but be such a whiner. Show, guys,
4: happy, wish happy Forget it.
0: Forget it. It's
4: okay. All right. Are we going to wish um, Andrew a happy birthday now it's he's no, crying about no.
2: it? No. No, it's fine. Let's move on. Chicken Soup for your soul.
3: Hey, model uh, this is Daniel from Charlotte, North Carolina, and I just want to leave a Harry Potter for your soul stuff, you know, chicken soup for your soul, whatever it's called. But anywho, yeah, and I also left a message before that it was kind of crappy, so I'm doing it again. Yay. But anywho, uh, I've only been a listener since, uh, since about last Christmas, so not very long. Really, you guys have changed my life already. Like, wh- whenever I'm in my depression, I just say to myself, you know, I feel like this is mobile cat. And whenever I hear somebody, like, make fun of Laura or, like, Or like, Micah talking about goats all the time, it just makes me laugh hysterically, and I just get into my cheerful, happy mood again. (laughs) And especially when you guys make the noise when you go back to tap of a cat episode. And so, just, I just want to thank you guys so much for, for doing all of those, like, and, and and i think that a whole bunch of people really thank you for doing the whole muggle cast i really appreciate it so does everybody else we'll we'll continue doing this i'm going to be so excited when you guys leave ah and so yeah well thank you you guys do great and and i love you laura you're awesome okay
0: bye oh well thank you i love you too and uh i i drove through uh, charlotte north carolina the other day nice place
2: Thanks a lot for that chicken soup. That was really nice. And, you know, it's for people like him that we do the show for who really appreciate it and appreciate it and uh, get a lot out of it. Enjoyed yeah, it a lot. Thank you. That was nice. Yeah, that yes. was nice. Sweet. So um, I think it is time to uh, wrap up this 146th episode of MuggleCast. Um, Laura, as we were uh, talking about, what's the uh, P.O. Box if people want to mail me some birthday
0: gifts? P.O. Box 3151, coming Georgia, 30028
2: gift cards to in and out um best buy uh at the apple store Yeah, and
0: just be um, sure when you send targets. those don't specify who you're sending them to because then i can keep them for myself
2: put a T T N colon andrew that would be um best way to go for that um it's my birthday so <laughs> okay <laughs> wait wait wait
4: when's your birthday <laughs> you you yeah, want to plug that just, a little more it's friday it's Friday, May 23rd. May
2: nineteenth. Happy birthday, bash. birthday.
1: Happy birthday.
2: Oh, thanks Micah. Thank you, sir. Um, so let's remind everyone about the uh voicemail information. If you would like to call in a question to Mugglecast to have your question aired during the voicemail portion of our show, I we have a few numbers for you. If you're in the United States, you can dial 1-218-20-magic. If you're in the United Kingdom, you can dial 20 814 and if you're in Australia, you can dial 02-8035-668. Uh, people have been asking for other numbers, like a uh, Canadian number, and I've wanted to get a Canadian number, but Skype doesn't sell them. So you would have to call international. I'm sorry about that. You can also Skype the username MuggleCast. No matter how you call us, though, just remember to keep your message under 60 seconds and eliminate as much background noise as possible, please. You can also visit MuggleCast.com for a handy feedback form to contact any one of us or just use our first names at staff.mugglenet.com. We also have a variety of community outlet links on MuggleCast.com as always, including the MySpace, Facebook, YouTube, Frapper, Last of them, and the fan forums. You can also follow us, follow us on Twitter, digtheshowatdig.com, and vote for us
4: once a month. On Podcast Alley. You betcha. We're number one right now. Yeah, guys, I'm a little sad, to be honest with you. I mean, I've you know,
2: been recording MuggleCast here in, in sunny Medford ever since the start, and um, it's the last one. S- sunny... sunny. You live in Jersey. I gotta say, no, it's sunny. It was sunny here today. It's kind of sad. It's kind of sad. MuggleCast started here, and it's not ending here. Which I guess is a good thing. But, um... So, once again, we're not gonna be sure if we're doing a live episode next week. That all depends on the trailer coming out. If the trailer does come out, definitely look for a show from us that weekend. Not live, but a regular show if not we probably won't be doing a live show because i'm gonna be busy busy moving um and we need a week off i think it's high time
1: so um, yeah could use a week off
2: there you
1: go from hey, work. everyone
2: for my birthday i'm giving you a week off how does that sound <laughs> it's a nice perfect view. gift you're welcome Mike. anytime but can you, but you get me off
1: from work for a week huh can you get me off my real job for a week or yeah me too past? that
0: would be great
2: Well, um, no. So that does it for this week's episode of Cast. Once again, I'm Andrew Simps.
0: I'm Laura Thompson.
1: I'm Mike Atatabelle.
2: And I am Matthew Britton. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And we will see you next week, hopefully, or the week after for episode 147. Bye-bye. Bye. 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 Bye Bye-bye.
4: You shut the dogs up!